Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We have an awesome show lined up today, and I am charged up as we're going across the Atlantic to my first caller, who is in Lausanne, Switzerland, one of my favorite countries, and I welcome Christian to the show. Hi, Christian. How are you? Hey. Hi, Molly. Hi, everybody. Great. Excellent. What about you? Oh, couldn't be better. It's a little cold in the Big <laughs> Apple, but I'm Welcome even inside. To the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not as beautiful where I am from a snow covered standpoint as where you are. So I will take your view <laughs> any day, my friend. Um, I really appreciate your calling in. Christian, what um, challenging conversation or, or situation is <clears throat> on your mind? Well, I think it's a thing which I lived in the past. Uh, it's really the elephant in the room and we can call it the smelly elephant when you have somebody who has maybe a problem with body odor, bad breath and you're in a meeting and it's not just one time. It's an ongoing thing and it has to do with personal hygiene. So the question was, how could you really address this tactfully to somebody? This is a good one. And I I have to tell you, um, and I have to share with listeners. So I remember way, way back when my father worked at Eastman Kodak in the research labs. And for two solid weeks, I remember my dad coming home and just shaking his head in disgust. And there was a, a person who had joined the lab who was not into showering. And it really, it was disrupted the entire lab operation for like two weeks because they didn't know how to deal with it. So Christian, I really appreciate your bringing this up. Um, as a little bit of context, um, is this someone who was in a reporting, like reporting to you or more of a peer situation? Uh, it was even a superior, a superior situation. <laughs> so it was even more delicate when you, when you are... In the in, in next in line, right? But uh, it's it's very delicate, I would say. Yeah. Yes, and so this case is very unique. So help me out with this person been of someone that you did have uh, a close and a more friends relationship, or was it a strictly professional one? It was a strictly professional one. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I guess my, and this is a subjective thing for listeners, in your mind, right, is this someone who would be open and be willing to hear uh, the feedback? Well, I think uh, it was a, a rather strong-headed person. <laughs> and I think it was a bit, as I said, delicate and, and difficult maybe to, to communicate it. I mean, I was obviously not the only one feeling feeling or okay. let's say smelling it, but uh, it, it, it was sensitive, very, very sensitive. Okay. Okay. So let's try this out and, and feel free to push back, but I, for sure, this is not one of those transparency is our friend situations. We would do this one-on-one -on -one. Uh, and it, it would, it probably would be something that um, you could set up. It's hard to bump into the hallway with someone to do that. 
Um, and so if it, the purpose of the quick chat might be, you know, just a, something that I think would really help uh, the team, leave it at that. And then I think getting in good relationship with ourselves and how we show up is the most important thing because it can be very intimidating. Um, you might think about, is there really a downside? Could you really be fired, right? If there really is a strong sense of that, there would be like retribution or what have you. I just ask listeners to be honest about that. And you have to decide if you're making it up or if it's really there. And if it's really there and it's not safe, then I think it's fine to hold back. But presuming that this person wants to you know, lead well and, um, and create a good environment and there's some positive intent there, you could go forth, right? So it's this idea of, if I were in these shoes, I would really want to know to a certain level of forthrightness and a huge amount of compassion, you know, for, and I think of that as showing up with a very open heart in the presence of unpleasant states, which this is one of those. So it might be, and let's just, um, I'll just say Hugo, Hugo, gosh, you know, I um, appreciate the leadership that you provide and I really appreciate the opportunity to work here. And, and I mean that sincerely, I've gotten a lot out of it. So some kind of genuine acknowledgement. And I'm here and I'm a, I'm a little bit, it's a little bit uncomfortable for me, but I, I pride myself on really being honest and trying to do what I think is really right for all, which includes you. Pause, right? So there's this sense of, it's, it's just maybe tough news. You can feel that, but it's also like I'm really coming from a good place. Okay. And, you know, I, I know we have different, um, you know, personal and cultural kinds of norms, but I, I want to be honest about you. There's something that, um, that we've noticed on the calls that really is a problem for us. And the person's looking at you and said, you know, and, and I'm almost a little embarrassed, but, but it's, I'm just going to say it. it. It has to do with personal hygiene. Boom. So let me just pause there. How does that land is kind of getting into it? Well, I think uh, it's, it, it's still heavy, maybe for the person who doesn't realize it. And uh, you, you can maybe see uh, then maybe the change in their, in their face or whatever and uh, see that they got starting to get maybe embarrassed about it. Yeah. Yes. So great. So then if you're noticing that, and so that might be, oh, so can I just say like, I, I'm only saying this because this has happened to me, right? Where something, and so I just want you to know that I say this from a really positive place and I'd love for it to be something that, you know, we can laugh about and learn from. So you try to lighten the toad. It's not a jokey kind of thing, depending how the person handles it. And, but just say, you know, I just, I'm, I'm really, I know this, this, it's, it's in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal and right, lighten it. And it would be in a lot for the team, right? So you got to play with that. That's a little bit of a volleying situation, Um I'm trying to think if there was another way to go into it that's lighter as we're as we're as we're here. Um, an option might be, okay, Hugo. Uh, have you ever had something that you you really didn't want to say, but you knew you had to say it? And see if Hugo comes up with some kind of a situation or example. It gives you something to work with, so that they could imagine what it's like for the rest of the team. And you could even say, so what, if you've ever been in a situation where someone, um, you know, had 
uh, a personal hygiene issue and then it was kind of distracting. And they may say no. Say, okay, well, I appreciate asking that. So this might be a really something that's coming out of left field for you, Hugo, uh, but, I'll, but I'll share it. So at least you give a shot to perhaps see if the person might relate to it in their way um, and then come and, and, and then come forward. And so, you know, I think you have to be prepared for the downside. Let's say the person is say, look at Hugo, I'm, this didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. I just hope, you know, I was really trying to be helpful. Um, it's no embarrassment thing. This stuff happens, but I think, you know, part of what I think respect is for the team is just helping be open about ways that um, the team can be better. And I think this is one that would really help us be better. So I really hope that you take it with this. Um, are we good? And you kind of give them it out. What do you think? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think interesting. I, I mean, I had also another idea talking about because there was also some exposure. I mean, customer facing exposure to to, to oh. tell more about the uh, the consequences um, on the image on the person himself and the the company what could it lead to I mean or what type of consequences this could have as well see that's perfect that is perfect right so you get into that and and then the this is the curiosity that that's something we've noticed and see how that lands and and then you might gently softly say you know and I'm wondering, if this is our experience here, what might customers think, Hugo? Yeah. And so, listen, it's, um, and the other thing is when there's a tough situation, this applies for anything, with the other person saying, I just want you to know when we come into things that are a little bit tough, these are the things that help us be stronger and, and make us better together. So, it's really a positive thing at the end. And and helping people realize that, you know, no one's a bad person for this. And um, as a result of this conversation, you can thank them for listening and being open and that, you know, you're really happy that we've gotten to a better place and helping someone feel really positive about how they received it and take action on it. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Molly. Uh, at least uh, I learned a good lesson and <laughs> I know how to handle this type of situation next time. Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I guess um, in thinking this through, do you have a top takeaway of your own? Well, I think say it in a, in a, in a good way. In a, even if there is no friendly report, I, I would say if it's your superior, still bring it over in a bit with a lot of empathy to, to some extent, but also make, making sure that the, the other party understands the feeling of others, of myself and of others, and what consequences it could have. So, yeah, yeah stay positive, stay, stay tactfully, as you say. Yeah, you're fantastic. Okay, I really hope to hop across that Atlantic and ski down some slopes <laughs> with you. So, um, I'll let you know if I can make that happen. In Absolutely, uh, you're so, welcome. <laughs> I really appreciate your joining me and, of course, being part of the solution. And if I can be of any help, Christian, you let me know. You take good care. That's great. You too, Molly. Looking forward to the rest of the show. Cheers. Ciao, ciao. Okay, we're coming back stateside to uh, the Midwest, to Illinois, and Jason. Jason, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. Is it freezing where you are, Jason? 
It definitely is. Um, not used to it, even though I've been in school for four years. I'm a California native, so every winter is just uh, an experience, that's for sure. Ooh, good for you. A growth experience. What, uh, <laughs> what are you studying? What are you doing in school? I am studying econ, um, and I am minoring in philosophy. So I'm wrapping up my senior year, two more quarters left at Northwestern University, and then I'll be off to the workforce. Wow. Kudos. Amazing. So I was kind of this more of a techie person. And the idea of studying philosophy is so fascinating to me because it's just something that's way out of my way out of my range. So um, that's really awesome that you're complimenting your econ uh, with that work. So, um, so I appreciate you're making time in your studies. I imagine you're pretty busy. And uh, what's on your mind? Yeah. So I think reflecting throughout my college experience. Um, just recently, I started looking back at my opportunities and internships. And finally, I start having this sense of confidence in what skills I could bring to the table. Um, so when applying for jobs and, um, you know, writing your cover letter and writing your resume, and even maybe talking to, um, you know, uh, a person who's working at the company you want to work for, how does a person balance modesty with, um, you know, accurately depicting what, what, what their accomplishments are, you know, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is so great. So first of all, this is very excited. And I heard you say, you know, having confidence, and I just want to really lean, lean into that. Because, Jason, if we don't have confidence in ourselves, it's really, you wonder, like, why should we want other people to have confidence in us? right? So it starts within and it's so fabulous that you're giving yourself credit. Um, and by the way, we're all on learning journeys. So um, it's, it, it really isn't something that is, um, what is a static thing, right? It's just being dynamic with all that right. you're learning. Um, and I think there's a, I have to say, I think part of the landscape, if you take a bigger picture is you, there's a lot of folks who exaggerate Um and there's a lot of folks who um, pump themselves up. And I'm not making that wrong or bad. I just think that is a bit of a of reality if I look at that. Uh, so I think it's important to recognize that that might be out there. And what I mean by that is being like overly modest and, you know, thinking other people are going to figure it out is not a way to go. And I say that because at least in my Asian culture, you know, it was very like, it's just not becoming right to be a bit more upfront, what may be perceived as boastful. And so you just kind of have to have an inner conversation with yourself as to what feels right for you. Um, for some people, it's very easy. They have said they've done studies where men or women were applying for jobs and the men might, may, might be able to do 60% of the job for sure. And they're like, oh, absolutely. I got it. Whereas a woman might say, say she's got 85%. Well, I'm not really sure I can do it all. Right. So it's a bit about just understanding those dynamics at play and, and figuring out what feels right for you. Um, so I think the clarity helps build confidence. So you mentioned um, the skills and the experiences you have. Um, so maybe just share with us right now or yet, what are some of the things that you think your skills are and the, and the different experiences you have had? Yeah. So um, I've been working as a temporary market researcher um, for uh, Minitab the past year. And prior to that, I've had an internship experience um, at a market research consulting firm. So I think 
you know, maybe last year I didn't really put together that I've been spending a lot of time in market research. Um, but now that I've had that experience as an intern in the fall 2020, and my experience that I'm currently working as a market researcher um, part time, um, I guess looking back on it, I'm starting to realize like, okay, I do know how to research into a market. I do know how to contact a vendor and uh, get information regarding their product. I do know how to create battle cards and um, deliverables. And I do know how to, you know, uh, send an email that consolidates my findings and, um, you know, those types of things. Um, So those are, that's, those are kind of the skills that I've um, sort of realized recently that I actually did learn and just trying to make sure that when I am um, speaking about, you know, the things that I know how to do, you know, I'm not trying to sound boastful and just trying to stay humble and, you know, obviously recognizing, as you said, that we are all learning and that there is still a lot that I don't know, you know. Great. So the thing that, um, it might sound obvious, but I do think that being in a work environment, getting along with the team, interacting with people, influencing people, creating connection with people, uh, the fact that, you know, gainfully employed, have good reviews, that, you know, if you think about a future employer, Jason, that de-risks you. Yeah. And I think that that's, um, which is not making other people bad, but you've kind of shown that you know how to handle, which is the inarguably the hardest part about work is like getting along and working with our colleagues, right? right. That's the trickiest part. Mm-hmm. So um, that, and then I think part of it is understanding the person that you're um, speaking with. So for all folks, when you're looking at roles, just the amount of research you do, and obviously this is plays up to your strength about a, an organization, the company, the company's values, the person you're speaking with, the group you're thinking about. You know, when when I've interviewed, when someone shows that they've really done the homework, that shows they're really interested and they're serious. And as a flip side um, experience, I was talking to someone who's a doctor and was trying to help some medical students who had clearly had no idea who he was, you know, what he was doing. And it was an instant turnoff, instant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that people might not realize that could come across quite arrogantly if you're not having done your homework. And mm-hmm. so a way to stand out is to do the stuff that you can control, which is to, you know, know your, know the person that you're, you're uh, connecting with and, and what, what matters to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think increasingly they're going to want folks who can jump in and do the work, but it's really that, learning to learn, right? Mm -hmm. The tasks are going to change. The technology is going to change. So, you know, the ability to kind of come in and and quickly add value, Jason, can be great. I think that the penchant for taking initiative, for um, learning to learn new things, being willing to go into areas that you're maybe not so comfortable, um, which doesn't mean you're like arrogant, but that you like, you look at like, I don't know, but I know I can figure it out. Um, that that package, I could see people feeling a sense of groundedness in someone. So let me just pause there. How is that landing for you? No, that that sounds super um, helpful. And you know that last part uh, in regard to um, le- wanting to learn to learn, and um, you know having that knowledge, that background knowledge, kind of allows you to have the confidence and the trust in yourself to execute and gives the organization trust that you can execute. I think all that 
um, you know, is all so great to hear, you know, and things that I will continue to keep in mind. Yes. So let me ask you, one of the things that um, I I think is underrated when people are uh, talking to potential recruits and all is some of the basics of relationship. And sometimes I get it because you can feel a little bit nervous, like, oh, I've got 60 seconds. I need to blurt out everything about Jason that I, <laughs> that I want them to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that at times that might be a strategy. Um, I think practicing that, how do I create connection with that person as a human being, which is not idle chit chat, but just, you know, hey, how long have you been doing this? How are you doing? Just showing mm-hmm. interest in the human being. People will feel that. People will feel that. And that is differentiating in the sense that I think it shows confidence and interest in the human part, right? And I would not overlook that step um, because that also, you're getting information about that person, which helps you then figure out how you approach them. So that's one. And then two, the mindset of while you might be, if you will, selling you, the, I use this, the curiosity metascular energy, like asking questions because you want to make sure that the place that you're interviewing actually is a fit for you. There's no ego in getting a job for a place that's not a fit for you, right? I mean, it might sound right. like, oh, I got it. But, you know, that's not really why we're uh, here. So the ability to be very back and forth and interactive, and everyone knows I, I play tennis, so everything's a tennis metaphor, but, you know, <laughs> rallying across the net right? Um, mm-hmm. Helps helps the other person just have the sense of engaging and builds confidence that, wow, here's this young person at ease, volleying, rallying with me, you know, very, very readily. I could see how he can fit in, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. you haven't even gotten to all the amazing stuff you do, right? That you bring to the table, but you've already created this, you know, a sense of, God, you know, like it helps to to be liked, you know, and so no, right. you're helping yeah. the person, right? I mean, I hate to sound so obvious on that. And especially when we're, we might be a little nervous, which is totally normal. So to be able to exhale, you know, um, take it as it is, really focus on the individual and be present at the same time, knowing the kind of key points that you would want to bring across um, is important. Right. Um, are you looking at marketing research roles? I am. Um, okay. Yeah, I am. And, uh, you know, the advice you just gave, you know, although it should be obvious, it definitely is still very much relevant, especially for me. I know I don't do the best job at, you know, focusing on the person who I'm speaking with, um, you know, due to those nerves as, as you brought up. So it's always good to remind myself that, you know, if I can, if I'm able to include um, some questions, how are you, how's your day, how'd you get here, you know, into that, those interview spaces um, could also just add to the overall experience. Absolutely. It's great. If you have notes, reference the notes. And and partly you're like, well, I, no one's perfect here. You're not trying to do, you know, a TED talk. So just say, yeah, I've, I've done some notes. Let me just check my notes. I might have another question. And then the other thing, it, which can be very helpful and it's very painful because I've done it is to listen to oneself and to record yourself. I'm a fast talker. I really can be a very fast talker. And it's this radio show has been a great learning opportunity for me personally to slow it down. So 
it may sound to you, Jason, like I am talking so slowly, but when you listen to yourself, you're like, wow, that sounds like a normal guy. <laughs> so that is just a great awareness um, in cases where we might be speaking with folks for whom English isn't a first language, the ability to really modulate and enunciate can really help. Um, slowing things down can really help. And it also gives you some time to like breathe and, and just really hear what's going on and, and try to lessen some of the nerves, which are very understandable. Uh, have you ever, have you ever done that? I'm curious, listened to yourself. Um, no, I haven't done it in a way to, you know, how, how you described it. It made it seem like you could listen to yourself talk and actually instead of maybe um, hearing yourself and being like, oh, I don't like the way I sound, kind of more thinking like you may even come, with, come to the conclusion that you actually sound more normal than you think. And that in and of itself could ease those nerves, you know, because you might be thinking that you're sounding, um, you know, incoherent and slow. So I find that an actual, an actually very interesting, you know, method of um, playing back your voice. Nice. Nice. Have you, I'm curious and, and no pressure, but um, I often ask folks, tell me about yourself. And sometimes the look I get is like, oh my gosh, I've never been asked that question. <laughs> like, that is a question you want to have an answer to in, you know, a, a, a 60, 90 second, even two minute. And so, you know, we'll just put you on the spot to role play. I've said, oh, Jason, tell me a little bit about you. How might you answer? Um, so if someone asked me, tell me a little bit about myself, I'd probably be like, um, my name is Jason Anderson. I am a senior um, going to graduate from Northwestern University. Um, and I'm majoring in economics and minoring in philosophy. Um, beyond my schooling, I'm very passionate about health and fitness. Um, and I'll probably be stumped <laughs> there. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So this is, you know, I offer folks, um, there's a, you know, people want to be trusted, right? Let's just start there. And the, the key to trust is vulnerability. Vulnerability is a must for trust. And it's not a science, right? It's finding a way that is, is being your true self in a way that's authentic, you know? And so I think the ability to, you know, some headlines, people, you know, the label student studying, majoring this came out of such and such is fantastic. Um, passionate about these things. These things really move me. And, you know, I'll be honest, uh, you know, some of the things that I've struggled with in life, and there may be something about your background or where you came from that is uniquely you, and you're not dramatizing it or complaining about it, but it might be something that helps someone really appreciate um, where you come from, mm. right? And that's a show of being confident in oneself to be able to share that. Um, and, you know, you can do so in a light way, you know, it's so you could play around with that. And, um, you know, I, I've done that myself recently because I'll, I'll have exercises with groups. And what I'll do is I'll introduce myself with a degree of vulnerability. And for sure, the impact afterwards I'll hear is that, well, you shared that. So I was willing to share that. Mm. Right. We always want everyone else to start, but right. be the leader. And it shows, you know, confidence in oneself. And, and, the, and I'd have to ask, you know, what's the downside? If someone were to hold that against you, you know, they're like, wow, would we, would we really want to work there anyways? Right. <laughs> right. 
Um, So that might be a way to wind it in. And then, you know, the aspiration for, for you is, you know, you know, I think that this generation that you're at has a real opportunity to help work be a better place. Right. And so like, I'm really inspired by joining a team that blank and blank and blank, Mm. you know, and I think showing that ability to have a vision to want to go after it. I mean, you know, us more seasoned folks would be like, that's so awesome. Bring it in. <laughs> You're hired, right? So how does that land for you? I don't want to make that a must have, but does that feel like something that would work for you, Jason? Yeah, it does read like a pretty good template, you know, maybe starting with the student occupation major um, but then diving into maybe some of the things, your identity, uh, maybe some things very quickly, you know, that you may have been struggling with um, within your student career or occupation and then ending off uh, at a place that says, um, you know, the type of place that I would work for, what and a, a company that I am motivated to work for um, is X, Y, Z. You know, I think that is a way that I could um outline something like uh, tell me about yourself. So I find that really interesting and helpful. Nice, nice. Um, I'm going to build on that um, because you're such a genius here. As uh, you're in a setting, you know, whether it's at school or whether you're going into a, uh, a meeting with someone for the first time, one thing to consider is, gosh, when I walk out of there and the door closes, what do I want that person to say about me? What are three words? or uh, what are three phrases about how I want that person to describe the experience of being with me and to be able to have that kind of intention, you know, helps one then think about how you show up, um, what you say and how you say it. And I I say this because oftentimes, and this was for me early in career, you know, I'd be shocked. Oh my gosh, I can't believe someone thinks so-and-so of me. You know, and I'm thinking like they made that up. I'm like, no, Molly, you telegraph that. Now, mm-hmm. unknowingly, you telegraph that. And that's not so great, right? You want to, the intentionality is something that I learned far too late in my career. So I would love if you, you know, learn that one and then make some new mistakes um, along the way. So I just, I just offer that as just thinking that through. And that helps, I think, each of us stay present to the fact that, you know, the reality we have might not be how other people are experiencing us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a, an opportunity to be very proactive about that. Uh, any follow-on questions that you have, Jason? Um, n- no following questions, but uh, I definitely appreciate, uh, you know, you asking how something lands on me, you know, how I interpret uh, what you've been saying. Um, I definitely appreciate that. Um, and yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope you can use it. And, you know, we've talked about it a lot. So do you have a particular top takeaway from our little chat? Yeah, I think um, the ta- the biggest takeaway comes in the form of um, making sure that I continue uh, learning to learn um, and that will build confidence not only in myself, um, but also in um, the company who I am trying to work for. 
Well, that company is going to be very lucky, and I feel very lucky, my friend. So I want you to know that I am here for you. I'm cheering for you wildly. We are very lucky to have you as such a bright light out there. And if I can be of help in any way, don't hesitate to reach out. And I thank you for being part of the solution, and I wish you great luck in uh, your studies and staying warm. All right. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Yeah, take good care. Ah, spectacular. Okay, we're going back across the pond. I'm so jazzed. Uh, over to another amazing country, Italy. Nearing the end of her day uh, is Veronica. Veronica, thank you for joining me. Welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi, Molly. Thank you for inviting me on the show. Well, I am really grateful for your making time. And uh, I am uh, interested in what uh, challenging conversation or sensitive situation is on your mind. Um, my question for you today is job related. Um, I'd love some advice on communication work and um, I'll provide some context. So I'm a designer and it's a career path that is very skills based. But after a few years in the industry now, uh, I've been promoted to a more of a leadership position, which means transitioning to um, leading projects, teams, managing clients or internal management, industry partners, and so on. And what I'm realizing now is that it means um, it requires a total different skill set. If until now, like I had to make sure the design was great. Now you have to read the room or predict the client reactions and things like that. And I, I, I'm, I, I just feel like I'm a little bit lost, uh, sometimes uncomfortable. Um, there's definitely a lot of opportunity for growth, uh, but I, I'm, I feel like I'm having trouble uh, understanding how to approach it. And I wanted to want, I wanted to ask you how you approach it. Uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And that's a very natural, normal evolution of us professionally. So um, know that you're in really great company, right? And I appreciate you bringing this up. And I'm for listeners around the world, this is a big part of why, uh, frankly, that I, I have this show. So I'm really grateful that you brought this up. Um, and first off, big communica- uh, big uh, congratulations for being promoted um, into the leadership positions. And that's a, a real opportunity and a real acknowledgement for your work. And I appreciate your noting that um, the what got us here doesn't get us there. So I think it's really important in, for folks to just recognize when the playing field has changed. And it's really to your credit that you're so... Um, I think, very aware of what's going on. So um, I'm going to just use, you know, people have heard me talk about the task part of the job and the relationship part of the job. Um, When you're starting out, doing the job is really the most important thing, it seems. But really that relationship dimension underpins all of our performance. And it just becomes more apparent as you get more senior. And so when you um, think about that, um, this relationship word I use, I'm going to unpack that on three levels for you, right? The relationship with ourself, first and foremost, so there's an emotional intelligence, like what's going on for Veronica and can you articulate it? 
Um, and you have to be in good relationship with yourself. So the fact that you're just well aware, like I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, I'm not really sure how to approach it, that's great. And oftentimes people get frustrated, you know, people don't don't understand me. Well, if you can't articulate what's going on for you, it's really not fair for other people to have to read your mind. And that emotional intelligence, the manage the relationship of the self is probably 80% of how effective we can be in, in uh, interacting with others. Okay, so that's the first piece. The social intelligence, you mentioned reading the room. Can we put ourselves in someone else's shoes and, and identify their emotional experience and really empathize with it? Which doesn't make her right or wrong, but we can tell when someone's with us emotionally and what that does is really create connection. And connection is fundamental to being able to possibly influence people and then to lead them. Okay, and then I think of relationship at the third level, the highest level of relationship system intelligence. So that could be a couple, could be a group of clients in a meeting, could be your industry partners. Who are we together, right? And and how do we um, how do we appreciate that we're on the same team or in the same meeting, but have a very different experience of it? And the ability to walk in each other's shoes and empathetically understand what it's like for each other is fundamental to collaboration, to powerful group identity, and to sustaining success. So let me just pause there. Does, does that make sense kind of intellectually? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love how uh, you break it down and have re- really clear lines between the different types of relationship and how um, we, we can address um, almost different problems in the room and get back to the source um, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So this, so, so this part of this could be microseconds. And I think this is the thing where I think more skillful, something happens. Um, you're like, boom, you're like, whoa, I don't even know what I think about that. Right. So it's, so the ability to take a few breaths and to be able to um, calm oneself and then figure out a way forward, that can be, you know, a second kind you know, a thing, a short-term thing, but realizing that I've got to manage me first. So we're going into a client meeting. Let's just say it's not going well. Okay. You have to get in there and you're going to have to tell a client bad news. Well, you're preparing saying, now, do you feel scared? Are you worried? You know, it's all valid. Figure out what you're feeling. And then if it's not going to serve you, walking into a room feeling worried, looking scared is generally not going to engender client confidence. So you got to let that go. You got to breathe that out. Say, okay, I have to come across as this is the reality and there's a way forward, right? So you, you, you are intentional about how you show up. You can set the stage for a meeting like that without even saying a word, how you walk in, how you, you know, greet people. And that's an important thing to really empower oneself with. Um, that you are standing tall in your shoes. So, and then this notion of social intelligence, uh, the meta school of curiosities, asking people, you might have a sense, you know, I sense I've, I've been listening a lot and I'm, I'm, I'm sensing X and maybe you're wrong, which is okay, but you put it out there. Is that correct? You know, maybe it's, maybe it's a sense of just great frustration. And someone might say, you know, no, it's not. I'm, I'm just exhausted because the baby was up all night and I just have not had any sleep. Oh, thank you for letting me know. Okay. Do you see how often we might be assuming 
someone is having an experience, but that actually may not be what the experience is. So creating space to bubble up the differences and then to work with that is, is key. Um, and, and I think part of the emotional intelligence part is just understanding like, what do I want to have happen? And as you're working with the group as a team, like, what do we want to have happen? Can you be the person that's really showing how we're better together, notwithstanding, you know, whatever disconnects and differences. So lots of times edgy things happen when people have different points of view. Um, and if you can be the person who is curious about that, isn't judging that difference is a bad thing. Oftentimes we hear someone say something different and we're just, we're, we think it's bad. We we're a little bit, we don't know what to do. We're think we need, think we need to make, do something different. And in fact, that's just information. And if you can be, can you're calm and yourself saying, oh, that's really interesting. That's a very different point of view. I did not think of it that way. And I, I just, I have to say, I have to think about that. Say more. That's two of my favorite words. If someone comes up with something, instead of us going on and on, say more. Give the other person chance to share what's really on their mind so then we can work with them. So let me pause there. How's that landing for you? Yeah, uh, this is all wonderful. Uh, I, I just feel like this is a whole different world that I need to jump into and start a new journey, uh, paying more attention to other social cues and relationships uh, within groups. Uh, so uh, this is definitely um, a, a great start and a great way to break it down for me. Thank you, Molly. I appreciate that. So now let me just ask you, honestly, how do you feel about it? Intimidating? Are you excited? You know, what's, what, what, what is this um, energy that you're holding right now about it? Um, I, I will say um, being, um, labeling myself as socially awkward, uh, it is very intimidating. Like even like talking to you right now, like my, <laughs> palms are all sweaty <laughs> so um but i guess like that's part of what the next challenge is and why i need to conquer next in my life <laughs> i love it i love the vulnerability it's so fabulous and i invited i can relate to it you know i didn't speak english until i was five i mean i was just pathetic okay so i that for everyone listening absolutely people can grow and and develop skillfulness no doubt. So I think and I, something that I would want for you, Veronica, is to be your best friend and not your worst enemy. And by that, I mean, perhaps you were socially awkward, but you're leaving that behind and you're becoming socially very comfortable. And, and I know that sounds kind of crazy, but use the internal thoughts as an empowering thing. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I think you're very, very social and you're not awkward at all. Right. So if you want to label yourself that, you can do that. But you could let that go and say, that's behind me. And now I'm socially very comfortable. And the intimidation thing is very, you know, very, very, very natural. I might ask, what's the downside? What are you afraid of? That, that's a very good question. Um... I guess I never thought about that part. Um, and that could be it. The fact that I don't know what could happen and 
the the fact that I don't know the unknown can become so scary to me. Yeah, so that's great. They have that saying, you know, there's nothing to fear other than fear itself, and this is um, this is part of I think the self conversation. Wherever you are, they've hired you because you're great. <laughs> You've added value. They think you're going to add even more value, and you are. Fact, just own that, right? And when you're good and you're adding the value and you got promoted, that's that's what that is. So. What am I afraid of? Like, I don't know, maybe there is nothing to be afraid of. And so I might say in a conversation, it could be, I don't want to offend someone. I don't want to look bad. I don't want to um, uh, ruffle some feathers. You can be upfront about this saying, hey, you know, I don't want to ruffle any feathers by saying this. So please know that I'm saying it because I, I want to help ensure that the team is as successful as we can be. So if you ever have a worry, voice the worry and then follow it up with what the positive intention is so that everyone knows. And if people have an issue with that, that's okay. That's just information. You know, what's the issue, right? And if people can't accept you and embrace you for who you are and for being upfront and honest with good intention, we don't want to be there. <laughs> okay. So hopefully, you know, we never make the mistake of getting to those kinds of places, but don't make yourself wrong or bad if you've got to really hold back because that's just what has to happen there. My, you know, I would say, how much do you value yourself? Because you can't expect others to value you if you don't value yourself. What's going on for you? Yeah, um, absolutely. I um, love everything you said so far. And I, I, I would love to... Um, start this process um, and let go of some of these labeling that I've been carrying on for so long and really start thinking how uh, these conversations, especially internal conversation, can be changed to move forward. Great. So that's intention. I love it. I love it. What do you think is the next step to help you, you know, move forward? Just, you know, another step. What's the next thing you'd like to have happen? Um, to put into action, what I'm hearing is um, definitely being more open, being um, more, it's okay to be vulnerable and share some of these fears being upfront as long as um, you're coming from a good place and you want to work uh, towards uh, common goal. Uh, and I feel like sometimes I forget that that is also an option. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just say that uh, practice, practice is, is helpful. So in little ways, like it might be connecting, you know, you're at the grocery store, you connect with someone. I mean, every, I look at this as everywhere is a practice opportunity. And I, I really go back to what's the downside I can hear you are like a kind-hearted, open soul. So it's very hard for me to imagine that someone thinks of you as like uh, aggressive, arrogant, inappropriate. You know that I don't feel that in you. So just know that that's it's not likely, right? That you're going to come out the wrong way. I'm sensing a sense of Veronica needs to stand up tall, with a smile, say, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do other people think?" 
right? And you don't have to have all the answers, but you can set this, this tone of openness, of interest, of curiosity, and create a space where everyone can rise to, to be who they are. And if you do that as a leader, win. You create an environment where people feel like they can say what they think needs to be said and can be themselves and work together for the greater good. You're game on. Yeah, I love that. I'll try that tomorrow. <laughs> Excellent. We're going for it. Okay, so we've said a lot. If you had to think about one top takeaway, what's your one top takeaway? I love how um, you talked about um, the different breakdowns of relationship between uh, almost like different realms of ourselves, um, talking to ourselves, talking to your social group, and then talking to the, the I guess, like the, the, the member, the, the team you're working at, on and working towards a common goal. And uh, it's a great way in my mind to visualize uh, and to tackle them in different ways. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'll give a shortcut. Me is the emotional intelligence. You is the social intelligence. We is the relationship system intelligence. Who are we together, right? Me, you, we. And that kind of can happen in a nanosecond, but that's sort of the framework that we work with. Okay. Okay. I have a big smile on my face. Lots of growth, even in this short call. So I'm cheering for you big time. Uh, keep me posted and you know how to reach me. If I can be of more help, uh, don't hesitate. Um, and I want to thank you big time for being part of the solution. You take good care. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And this was wonderful. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Okay. I have time. Let's see. I have one uh, scenario and it's, it was interesting to me. I read the New York Times Magazine online. So this is January 4th. And there's an ethicist column. Um, and a, a psychiatrist wrote in that a patient moved to another state five years ago. Uh, they still provide this uh, patient psychotherapy and prescriptions, and they get the insurance payment every month, so they consider themselves paid. The patient feels the need to send the psychiatrist gifts, which is usually food, every single month. And the psychiatrist has responded saying, oh, you don't need to do that. Um, and then the net of it is that the psychiatrist appreciates the goodwill, but doesn't want the gifts, but won't say anything. It's holding back because they fear of damaging the positive doctor-patient relationship. The ethicist says, look, it, you got to maintain appropriate boundaries. It's key to a proper professional relationship. And I'm sure you have the diplomatic skills to tell them. So I thought I'd take this a step further with an example of how exactly this response might sound. So with the energy of diplomacy and heart, uh, I have an important ask of you. I realize I haven't been upfront the way I needed to be with you about these gifts you're sending each month. You are so thoughtful. I so appreciate your kindness. I do not want you to send me anything. So I must please, please, please ask that you stop. And that would really be the greatest gift for me. Um, so you've owned it. Um, you've um, that 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 you've let this go on. You're acknowledging the kindness of the other, and you've clearly made the ask. Now, if you are pushed and asked why, you could say, you know, the truth is, I'm just uncomfortable with it. 
and it would honor me um, if you would stop, and I'd be really grateful for that. If he really insists, you might say, how about this? How about a donation to whatever your favorite charity is? Okay. And lastly, you can't control the other person. So if they continue to send it, then you make a call. Or if they end the relationship, maybe that's what's needing to happen. Okay. So now my thought for the week comes from Albert Einstein, who was on a speaking tour in 1922 in Tokyo at the Imperial Hotel. A bellboy delivered a package to him. Instead of a tip, he wrote words on a piece of hotel stationery and advised the bellboy to keep the note because someday it would be worth more than a tip. And a century later, October of 2017, Einstein was proven right. The bellboy's nephew contacted a Jerusalem auction house uh, to put the note up on sale and it sold for over one and a half million dollars. So this is Einstein's theory of happiness message dating back to 1922. It was to avoid moritis. It goes like this, a calm and modest life brings more happiness than the constant pursuit of success combined with constant restlessness. And this advice is free for all of us to use. And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 